tonight, Matthew chapter 5 and Judges chapter 11. We're going to start in Matthew 5, and then we'll go to Judges chapter 11. So uh, go to Judges and put your little ribbon there or something, and then we'll be in, we're going to start in Matthew 5. Judges. Judges 11. You know, as I have read through the scriptures uh, through my through my life since I've been saved, you know, I've read the Sermon on the Mount multiple times, and I'm sure many of you here have have too. And every time God tends to speak to my heart, which is always a good thing. But after studying, spending time studying and really digging into the Sermon on the Mount, uh, God has really. Um, shown me a lot about my own heart and life, and and I'm thankful for that. And I hope that our study through the Sermon on the Mount is doing the same for you uh, as well, uh, because obviously that is my intention, and I believe that would be God's as well. But the the reality, or the, the not the reality, the, the point, I believe the point of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount is Jesus was after the hearts of the listeners. Jesus had a desire to uh, reach to the into the hearts of the listeners, and and the reason I say that is because he started with the Beatitudes, and and then he gives us in the Beatitudes he gives us eight different attributes that should define who we are down deep inside. And <clears throat> then he talks about the fact that we should be salt and light. And we, and we talked about that. Uh, and then he uh, talked about himself for a little bit and why he, why he did what he did and anyway. Um, but now we've been in this, this idea of dealing with real life issues. And Jesus tackles six uh, Old Testament laws that were all controversial at the time. And not only um, things that were controversial then and affected people then, but they are still controversial today and still affect people today. Uh, the six the six subjects that he tackles is uh, murder, adultery, divorce, uh, swearing oaths, uh, retaliation, and loving your enemies. And tonight we're going to cover um, one of the subjects that I have kind of always felt is out of place. Have you ever read scripture and you and you think, okay, well, all right, but then you, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I I'll look back and I think, why is that there? And 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 I as I as I have thought about these <clears throat> these uh, um, six topics that Jesus chose to talk about, um, and you know, real life issues that he chose to talk about. The one that we're going to talk about tonight is the one that I've thought, why did he pick that one? 
And, and so the one we're going to talk about tonight is number four, swearing an oath. And I, I, I again, I, I, I thought, you know, why? Um, as I was preparing this, this message, I, I, I thought, Not only does Jesus include swearing an oath in, in the topics that he chose to talk about, but he talked about it a lot. Let, let, me, let me see if I can illustrate it to you this way. He talked about murder six verses. Adultery, two verses. Divorce, or, or excuse me, adultery was four verses and divorce was two verses. Now he goes in and he talks about swearing an oath. He takes five verses to talk about this. So, again, as I was studying and putting my thoughts together and typing and doing all this, it, it caused me to ask two questions. The first question is, why did he talk about it? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Okay. Well, because it's important to him. Okay. And we'll as we as we unfold this, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. It's it, it is important to God. Then the second question it caused me to ask was why did he talk about it so much? Versus adultery and divorce. And to me, those are issues that I would think would warrant more discussion. But obviously, God in the flesh didn't. So why did he talk about it so much? And the best answer I can come up with is because it's a problem for us. If it wasn't a problem, he wouldn't have talked about it. And the fact that he talked about it as much as he did means it's a problem. So first off, let me, let me clarify one thing to make sure we're all on the same page. This is not talking about what we would call foul language or cursing. Okay, that, that, that's not what this is talking about. This is, this is talking about swearing an oath. Or, or 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 making a, making promises. Okay, so <clears throat> the Old Testament and and this I found some really interesting things. So I'm going to share some stuff with you tonight. Um, the Old Testament permitted people to take an oath by God's name only when the oath was necessary. Okay. And to the Jews, anything, of any oath that was taken in the name of Jehovah was, a, was an unbreakable oath. It was absolutely binding. Okay? So that statement, that, that statement is important as we unfold this, this issue, okay? 
when a, when a Jew made a vow in the name of God, it was unbreakable in their eyes. The Pharisees were famous for circumventing the law or getting, getting around the ladder of the law. <clears throat> so they substituted swearing or vowing in God's name with other things. The problem was, in the mind of a Jew, if... Have you ever heard the phrase, and I don't know where this ever came from, I should have looked it up. Have you ever heard the phrase, on my mother's grave? Okay, people will say that. Well, to a Jew, that means absolutely nothing. Because the only binding vow a Jew can make is in the name of God. Anything else doesn't count. Does that make sense? So they started they because of because of this problem they uh they they could lie, they could exaggerate the truth, they could break a vow and there could be no consequences. The the individual who who made the agreement, if it wasn't made um, in the name of God, it was a worthless agreement. So what happened is they would they started um, making vows or or promises in the name of heaven or uh, or they, they would they would say you know I vow uh, in the name of the earth I vow, or or they would use the city of Jerusalem as a as a way to seal a, 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 an agreement, or they would say uh, by my right hand or my left hand or by my head or they would use a body part to illustrate the seriousness of their vow. Okay. And, you know, to us, it, it sounds a little strange because we just have contracts. <laughs> okay? But in that day, they didn't, you know, my understanding, at least, my understanding was they didn't necessarily have written contracts. Everything done was by, by um, they would go to the city court and in front of witnesses, they would, they would vow to each other. Okay? You know, okay, I'm going to loan, you know, the Joneses over here, you know, X amount of dollars, they've agreed to pay me back, blah, 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 blah. You know, and the person would say, okay, in the, in the, in the name of heaven, I will repay you. Well, to a Jew, that meant nothing. And it was becoming a problem. So, <clears throat> point number four tonight Swearing a vow, <clears throat> excuse me, letter A, it's serious business. 
Jesus would not be talking about it if it was not serious business. Okay? So he is talking about it. So, <clears throat> now, I, I, again, I do want to say this. It, it does appear in the Lord's um, comments here that he does exclude uh, judicial um, vows, if you would. Uh, you, you know, when, you know, like when we uh, go to court, <clears throat> Uh, I, and I, I was supposed to have already read the passage. So let's, before I go any further, let's read the passage. Matthew chapter 5, <clears throat> uh, verse 33. <clears throat> Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old, uh, thou shalt not swear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is his city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou shalt not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be nay, or excuse me, yea, yea, nay, nay. For whosoever is more than these cometh of evil. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you again for this day. And Lord, thank you for your love. And uh, Lord, we ask that as we look at this passage, and to us it sometimes doesn't always come across as, as you had intended. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to see the seriousness of this subject. And Lord, we uh, are truly thankful and grateful for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> the Lord does exclude um, a judicial oaths, if you would. Uh, in fact, um, Jesus himself uh, was under oath when he was before the Sanhedrin. Uh, and in, in Matthew chapter 26, verses 63 and 64, and Jesus uh, held his peace, and the high priest uh, answered and, and said unto him, I adjure thee uh, by the living God that thou shalt tell us whether thou be Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, uh, there, thereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the, on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So <clears throat> the, the, the fact that they're, you know, when, like when, I, I don't, I think they still do this in our courts today. Uh, they, you go in, somebody is going to be a witness in a case. They put their hand on the Bible and they swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help them God. Um, <clears throat> That is a picture, if you would, of the seriousness of a lie being told on the witness stand. Paul made an oath to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, Moreover, I, I call God for a record upon my soul that I spare you 
to come, uh, not uh, as yet unto Corinth. So, um, you know, there again, Paul is making uh, uh, an oath that he is trying to come to Corinth, but God's just not letting him do that yet. Uh, And then the Bible also says that God swore by himself. Okay, uh, in Genesis chapter 22, verses 16 and 17, uh, and, and said, by, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, uh, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, uh, that is a blessing, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in the multitude I will multiply thy seed as stars, uh, of the of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and the and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. So, <clears throat> what in Genesis 22? What is taking place here? Talk to me. He's talking to Abraham. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. By myself I have sworn before the Lord hath done, uh, you have not withheld your son, thine only son. Who? who? Isaac. Right, but he's reiterating the promise he made to Abraham. So my point is this. Who is, who is he talking to here? Huh? No. Abraham didn't offer up. Did Abraham did? Okay. All right. I'm I'm getting my names mixed up. Anyway, so Abraham offered Isaac. Okay. <clears throat> so, how did Abraham know that God was going to keep His promise? Well, but he makes a statement here. And, and go to the, the. Can you go back to the to um, verse sixteen, please? By myself. By myself. So basically, God is saying, "I swear by Jehovah God." Yeah, Jehovah God is swearing by Jehovah God. And that and that promise cannot be broken. So Abraham knows that God is going to fulfill it because the promise has been made in the name of Jehovah God. When I was a kid, I've, I've shared this story before, but... I, Anyway, when I was a kid, I have a I have an older brother uh, who's who's dead now, but uh, <clears throat> my brother is three years older than me, and he got in trouble at school. I I, do, I don't know what he did. Don't ask me. I don't know what he did, but I know it was bad, and I know he lied about it. That's all I know. And I know my mom and dad talked to him for quite a long time and he he swore up and down he didn't do it 
Whatever, whatever it was. He just swore him down. He didn't do it. I don't know which one of them did it, but one of my parents went and got a Bible. Now, you got to understand, I had never seen a Bible. This is my first exposure to the Bible. But one of them went and produced a Bible somewhere. And they stuck it out, and they, they, they said, put your hand on the Bible and raise your hand. And my brother put his hand on the Bible, raised his hand, and he said, and he said, I swear on the Holy Scriptures, I'm telling the truth. My parents said, okay. They went down to the school. Again, I don't know what happened, but somehow the school was able to prove that he was lying. And needless to say, when they got home, they put the fear of God in me. <laughs> yeah, I was just watching. I had no... All I knew as a little boy is that <laughs> if I ever do that, I better be telling the truth. But they put the fear of God in me. Because... A vow made in the name of God was serious business. Psalm chapter 15, verse 4. And whose eye yeah, well, let, let me stop here. That's one of the reasons why when 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 I got saved, my buddy when on the ship that the ship where I got saved on, when he pulled out a Bible and started reading it to me, I believed it. Because because I knew that that was a special book. I didn't. I mean, <laughs> that's all I knew. But I knew, hey, whatever's coming out of that book, I better listen to it. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. That was free. Um, uh, Psalm, Psalm chapter 15 and verse 4. In whose eyes a vile person is uh, uh, condemned, <clears throat> but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. As I, I read this verse and I thought, wow, this is this this is the, the second this the second sentence in this verse is powerful. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. That's a powerful statement. As I as I contemplated that, I thought, wow, what is that? That is talking about somebody who is absolutely committed to keeping their word, no matter if it costs them or not. When I was in business, there were a few times, more than I wish, but there were a few times that I underbid jobs. My wife was never real happy when I did that. <laughs> but you know what? I finished the job and never said a thing to the customer. Why? Because it was it, my word was more important. Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 21. 
When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely inquire it of thee, and it will be sin in thee. You know, years ago, years ago, I knew someone who made a vow to God financially and never paid it. And I've thought many times since, I've thought, you know, because I know the individual and I can still kind of keep track of them because of uh, Facebook and all that, that person is absolutely miserable. Absolutely miserable. Don't ever vow to God not keep it. It's serious business. So, letter A, it's serious business. <clears throat> letter B, be careful what you vow. Be careful what you vow. Turn over to Judges. Hopefully you put your little ribbon there. Judges, <clears throat> chapter 11. Judges chapter 11, verse 29 and following, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came unto Jephthah, and he passed over Gilgal and uh, Manasseh, and passed over Mizpah and Gilgal, and from Mizpah to Gilgal he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto, unto the Lord, and said, If thou shalt with if thou shalt withhold uh, without fail deliver the children of Ammon unto mine hand <clears throat> then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the door of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's and I will offer it up uh, for a burnt offering. And Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them. And the Lord delivered them into his hand. And he smote them from Arior, uh, even till thou come to uh, Minath, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards with a great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with uh, timbrels and dance, or with dance. And she was with, uh, and she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord 
and cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which hath uh, proceeded out of thy mouth. For as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance of thee, uh, of, the, of, the, of thine enemies, even the children of Ammon, and she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months that I might go up and down upon the mountain and bewail be uh, my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And she, she sent, uh, he sent <clears throat> her away for two months and she went with her uh, companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountain. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed. And she knew no man, for it was the custom of Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah, the Gideonite, four days in the year. We need to be careful what we vow. Hear this man, Jephthah. He was a judge of Israel. In Judges chapter 12 and verse 7, it says, And, and, and Jephthah judged Israel six years, then died uh, Jephthah the Gideonite and was buried uh, in one of the cities of, of Gilead. In Judges 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 1, it describes him as being a mighty man of valor, but yet he was rash to make a vow to God. Now, I'm not here to debate whether what he did is right or not. That, that's not the point. The point is this. He made a rash vow to God. And in his mind, he had to keep it. And he kept it. And we need to be careful. We need to be very careful what we vow to God. Because to God, it's serious business. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 1, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. The day that we die, the reputation that we leave is far more important than the day of our birth. We have no reputation. The legacy that we leave behind. Letter A, it's serious business. Letter B, be careful what you vow. And then letter C, do what you say. Go Go back to Matthew chapter 5. Do what you say. Verse, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 37, Jesus says, But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. The word communication here is not simply the word that we use for talking. 
We've talked about this before in, at, at our church, and, and, and hopefully most of you know that, that that word, it does include what we say, but it's not limited to what we say. It actually, excuse me, it actually carries more weight on how we say what we say. Or really, to be even put it even more specifically, is how we live what we say. That is the word communication. So what does Jesus say here? He says, let your lifestyle, let who you are be yay, yay, or nay, nay. Not just what you say, but how you live. There was a time when a person's word was their bond. My father-in-law was a businessman for all the years that I knew him. And I've ne- I never knew him. Now, he may have. I don't know. But I never knew him to sign a contract. If he did, it was only in the purchase of a home or something like that. He, I mean, he, he was a businessman, and that's how he did business. And if, if he was doing business with somebody that wanted him to sign a contract, he wouldn't do business with him. That's the way he was. Because his word was his bond. And today, people today, their word doesn't mean that anymore. He used to tell me, Rick, whatever you say, you better do. I always appreciated my father-in-law. He was a he was a cantankerous old cuss, but <laughs> but <laughs> she knows. Uh, but when it come when it come to to the practical things of life, he knew how to live. Jesus is addressing some of the underlying principles of the old Old Testament law, and what was happening in in Jesus's time was the people had become so concerned about keeping the letter of the law and not keeping the spirit of the law. And what Jesus is doing here, because he's going after the heart of the listeners, is he's going after the intent of the law, not the letter of the law. That's why Jews in that day could say, hey, uh, I swear by heaven, I will repay you. But they failed to realize that was God's throne. Or I swear by earth, who made the earth his footstool? And that's what Jesus is saying. You, can't, it, you can say those things, but it's, it's still swearing by Jehovah God. Jesus was trying to get them to understand it is the it is the principle of the law it is not the it is the intent of the law not the letter of the law that's important here because the intent of the law goes to the heart of the individual and the letter of the law lets us off the hook and the Pharisees and the teachers and the lawyers and all the religious leaders were experts at keeping the letter of the law but had totally missed the intent of the law. 
And that's what Jesus was after. He was pointing out that technical obedience is not enough. I remember our son Tim. <clears throat> he he was he was most of the time he was a good kid, but he was the kid, he was like me. Okay, in this in this aspect, I probably did this too, but I I know he did it, so I can pick on him. If if you would if you were to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, buddy, don't cross that line. What would he do? He, he would go right up to it. And he would, I mean, he would put his foot like right there, but he would not cross it. What was he doing? <laughs> He's keeping the letter of the law. Okay. But what is the intent of the law? The, the intent of the law is don't go here. Don't, don't even get close. But what do we do? We tend to we tend to just push those boundaries as far as we can. That's and Jesus is saying, don't do that. As a Christian, there are times in our lives through the course of life that we need to make civil agreements. Most of you hopefully have entered into, well, not hopefully, most of you probably have entered into some kind of contractual agreement, either with your house, your car, something major. Hopefully you don't have too many of those. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. But what Jesus is saying here in verse 37 is, if you say you're going to do it, do it. If you say you're going to do it, do it. A Christian must be faithful to pay or do what he said that he'll pay or do. It is critical. Back in 08, when the economy crashed and everything went south, I knew people who could still pay their bills but filed bankruptcy because they could get away with it. Incredible. Now, the next point and I'm going to cover this very quickly. Um, the next point is not in Jesus' little excerpt here in Matthew chapter uh, 5, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because I think it's important and it kind of, kind of goes along, okay? And that letter D is don't co-sign for a stranger, okay? <laughs> okay? Um, Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 5, or excuse me, verse 15 says, uh, he that is surety for a stranger shall shall smart or suffer for it. Okay, you will suffer for it. Uh, and and he uh, that hateth suretyship or hates a handshake uh, is sure. So <clears throat> a stranger, I looked it up just to make sure, is talking about somebody who is 
um, an acquaintance, not a, not a, it's not talking about just somebody walking in off the street and saying, hey, will you call sign for me? No, that's not what it's talking about. Uh, it's talking about somebody you know, but who, who would not be a family member, a close family member, or a dear friend. It's just, just an acquaintance. Okay? So the Bible says, do not co-sign for somebody like that. Okay? Now, I do want to say this because it, this is important. Uh, this is a proverb. This is not a command. Okay? Solomon was, was um, communicating wisdom. Okay? This is not a command from God. This is wisdom from God. Okay? Don't do it. <laughs> if, you, if you do it, you, you just classified yourself as not being wise. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 26. Um, uh, Be not thou one of them that striketh hands, uh, that strike hands, or of them that are surety for debt. This doesn't mention the stranger. This is just saying, don't do it. And a little practical advice here. Okay, this is some practical advice. People who have bad credit have bad credit for a reason. It's because they don't pay their bills. Okay? <laughs> just, just, I'm trying to help you here, okay? <clears throat> in fact, it, is, it was such an issue. I don't know, you probably when you were in too, uh, when you were in, uh, when I was in the Navy, there was a Navy regulation that said a senior person could not co-sign for anybody. Nobody could co-sign in the military for anybody. Do you remember that? Why? Because some guy, young guy in the Navy, needs a car. Oh, I'll co-sign for you. He doesn't make the payments. Guess who gets to make the payments? The person who did the co-sign. And it, it was so bad that the Navy finally came out with regulations that it is, it is forbidden for anybody to co-sign for anybody. It's just not smart. Now, let me tell you my personal opinion. If I have it, I will give it away before I will co-sign for something. Does that make sense? And, and that is a... That, you know, if somebody comes to me and needs to co-sign for something, uh, the only time I can remember co-signing was my, our son was trying to build credit, and he had the money in the bank to pay cash for his motorcycle, but he wanted to build credit. So we went to the bank, we co-signed a loan um, so that he could make the payments and build his credit. And that's the only time, I think that's the only time we've ever done it. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did it. We did the same thing. But the money was in the bank to, <laughs> you know, he could have paid cash. But anyway, so long story. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's just not a wise thing to do. So on the heels of Jesus talking about what he was talking about, the vows and all that, I just... The Lord just kind of put it on my heart to kind of throw this in uh, free of charge tonight. Um, so, uh, again, it's not a command from God, but it is 
wisdom from God. It's just not a smart thing to do. So be careful. If you do cosign, don't do it for a stranger. But if you do, do it with fear and trembling and much prayer. Make sure. <laughs> yeah, make sure you know what you're doing. Because the person who cosigns is the one who ultimately is responsible. And if you can't afford it, then you have no business doing it. So having said all that, uh, let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Lord, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for your love. Uh, we do ask that you would uh, speak to our hearts, that you would uh, uh, encourage us through your word tonight. Lord, help us to understand the severity of, of oaths uh, that oftentimes in our society today uh, are, are, are meaningless. Uh, but to you, it is serious business. And Lord, we are so thankful for that. We ask that you to bless this time together. May your son's name be lifted up and honored. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.